the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. The kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, taking counsel together against the Lord God and against Jesus Christ to free themselves from God. How can we free ourselves from God once and for all? And that's what the last battle will be about. Man trying to free himself from God once and for all. And it's going to take place in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem. Have you ever watched someone fight a losing battle? Maybe it's a kid begging their parent for a new toy right up until the time they leave the store. Or maybe you've watched your favorite sports team play hard until the end, even when there was no way they could win. Humans are stubborn, and they will choose to fight God until the very end. Pastor Dan shows us today that even at the end of the world, man will still be fighting for control from God. But as we know, that fight has always been a losing battle. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Zechariah chapter 12 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 4, I will strike every horse with confusion. I will open my eyes on the house. Verse 6, in that day, I will make the governors of Judah like a fire pan in the woodpile. I will, I will. I w- what, what will happen to Israel in the last days in Jerusalem in the last days? It's all according to God's will. It's all according to his plan that he's laid out for us here in Zechariah. He says in verse 2, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. He says here, Jerusalem will be a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples. Again, a remarkable prophecy here that describes the attitude of the surrounding nations towards Jerusalem in the last days. Written 2,500 years ago. The surrounding nations will be intoxicated with Jerusalem. Now, when someone is, is drunk, their judgment is impaired. They make foolish decisions. And here, God says that the surrounding nations around Israel and Jerusalem in the last days, they'll be drunk, they'll be intoxicated with Jerusalem. And we, we see this being fulfilled in part today. The surrounding nations around Israel. You know, Israel is a country that's only the size of the state of New Jersey. And yet, look at how much it's in the news. 
and how much focus is put upon it. The nations that surround Israel today are obsessed with Israel. They're obsessed with the city of Jerusalem and who controls Jerusalem. Jerusalem has become a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples, just as it says here in Zechariah. Notice, look at the verse again. Notice it says, when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness for people. They're going to be intoxicated by Jerusalem and by Israel in the last days. But it's, it's going to make them act foolish in the last days. The, you know, if you know anything about the modern history of Israel, there have been several wars between Israel and the surrounding Arab nations. When Israel became a nation on May 14th, 1948, the very next day, all of the surrounding Arab nations invaded Israel. Lebanon, Syria, Jordan, Egypt, from every direction, they invaded the land of Israel. And Israel was greatly outnumbered and greatly outgunned, but the Israeli people defended their nation. Miraculously. Defending their nation. Then there was the Six Days War, In 1967, between Israel and again a coalition of Arab nations led by Syria, Egypt, and Jordan, all bordering Israel. And in that war, Israel was able to capture the city of Jerusalem, the Golan Heights above the Sea of Galilee, and the Sinai Peninsula down towards Egypt in just six days. Miraculous victories. In 1973, there was the Yom Kippur War. In the Yom Kippur War, Israel was invaded by Syria in the north and Egypt in the south on Yom Kippur. You know, the holiest day for Israel was a holiday in the nation. There was only about 700 Israeli soldiers on duty in the entire country. On Yom Kippur, when the invasion started, most Jews on Yom Kippur, they don't turn on their TV. They don't listen to the radio. They don't answer the phone when it rings. And so the invading Arab armies were able to easily enter the country in a surprise attack. And God miraculously protected the country and delivered the country. There's multiple stories from these wars where God just seemed to supernaturally intervene. I remember one time my wife and I were there in Israel years ago, and we got in a taxi in Jerusalem, and the taxi driver was in, in the military during the Yom Kippur War, and he was talking about the Syrians came across the border onto the, into the Golan Heights with, uh, with dozens and dozens of tanks. And there was one Israeli outpost up there with just a few soldiers manning it, and they were able to just blow by that. And they didn't encounter any other, any other resistance at all. They came down the Golan, around Galilee, and they started heading to Jerusalem. And the Syrian tank commander was surprised that they had no, they didn't encounter any Israeli soldiers or any kind of uh, defense at all. And so he thought it was a trap. And so he decided to just park this whole tank division on the road and wait. Which gave Israel time to get their air force in the air. And bomb all those tanks to oblivion. But there's tons of stories like that. Uh, there's another story of one, a young, he was a young uh, tank driver, whatever you would call him. I don't want to get too technical with the military terms on you. I mean, I'd be way over your head, right? Uh, so, you know, some kid that could drive a tank, 
But he was by himself up on the Golan Heights, and he would come up the ridge of a hill, fire his tank, and he would take out an Assyrian tank, and then he'd pull back down, and he'd move to a different location and pull up and fire, take out another tank, and then move to a different location. And he just kept moving around and dropping down behind this hillside and popping back up like a video game or something. And the Syrians thought there was a whole Israeli tank division, and so they retreated. But there's story after story like this. You know, it talks about in the Bible how God, God will cause uh, one person to make a thousand flee. And that's exactly what happened. And so Israel won that war, 1973. Verse 3. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. Notice the word all there. For all peoples, all who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Jerusalem will be a heavy stone, he says. It will be a burden for all nations in the last days. Remember, when, uh, when Zechariah writes this, Jerusalem has been destroyed by the Babylonians. There's a small remnant of Jews living in Jerusalem, rebuilding the temple, but that's really it. They haven't started rebuilding the walls or rebuilding the city. It's rubble. It's destroyed. But here's God saying, well, in the last days, though, Jerusalem will be a very heavy stone for all people. It's going to be a burden for all nations. Jerusalem will be a problem that cannot be solved by the nations of this world in the last days. What, what do we do with Jerusalem? Our government is certainly concerned with Jerusalem and how they handle Jerusalem. Anytime a U.S. government official travels to Jerusalem, they carefully plan what part of the city they'll visit and with whom and what are their political implications of visiting Jerusalem or visiting sections of Jerusalem and not visiting other sections of Jerusalem. He says here, all who attempt to heave it away or to move it will be cut into pieces. Though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Again, this is looking ahead to that final battle, the battle of Armageddon, when all the nations of the earth will gather against Jerusalem. That has never happened before in history when all the nations of the earth have gathered against Jerusalem. The Romans have gathered against Jerusalem. The Babylonians have gathered against Jerusalem. But there's never been a point where all the nations of the world have gathered against the city of Jerusalem. So we know that this is something in the future. All the nations will gather against Jerusalem. But again, remember, this final battle is about control. Who is going to rule the world? Will it be man or will it be God? And that battle takes place at Jerusalem. I'll just read to you from Psalm 2. You don't have to turn there, but Psalm 2 says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. That's the Messiah, Jesus Christ, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. There, Psalm 2 is talking about the kings of the earth, the rulers of the earth, taking counsel together against the Lord God and against Jesus Christ to free themselves from God. How can we free ourselves from God once and for all? 
And that's what the last battle will be about. Man trying to free himself from God once and for all. And it's going to take place in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem. And at that final battle, the battle of Armageddon, all the nations of the earth will gather against Jerusalem. Please note that it says all the nations of the earth. Over in chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. Now that means Israel's current allies will turn against Israel at some point, including the United States, because Israel will stand alone in the world in the tribulation period and at this last battle. Every nation will turn against it. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Even now, we see an increase in anti-Semitism in the world. We see a rise in anti-Israel sentiment. You hear of people calling for a boycott and a divestment and sanction against Israel. There's even some liberal churches that are calling for a boycott of Israel. And on on one hand, this shouldn't really surprise us because this prophecy tells us that over time, the world will turn against Israel until Israel stands alone in the world. So that's the way things are going to trend. That's the way things are going to go in the world. And so when you, like me, you go on your computer, you look at the headlines, or if you go on TV, you watch the news, and you start to see stories that are anti-Israel or people coming against Israel or condemning Israel, or you see the, okay, well, that's the way things are going to trend. Because of Bible prophecy. Verse 4 says, In that day, says the Lord, I will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. I will open my eyes on the house of Judah and will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. When the attack on Jerusalem takes place, the Lord will strike every horse with confusion and its rider with madness. The word madness here, it means panic. The New Living Translation says, every rider will lose his nerve in the battle. Now, you read this and and you may think, "Well, well, wait a minute. Are you telling me in the age of unmanned drones, they're going to attack Jerusalem on horseback? That doesn't seem very likely. The Bible's wrong. And you can reject the whole thing, you know, because here's something that just doesn't make sense to us. Well, maybe they use a combination of modern weapons and horses. That's a possibility. 
We're told here that all the nations of the earth take part in this attack. Not all the nations have drones. Uh, So maybe some of the nations are on horseback. And oh, by the way, our special forces used horses in the war in Afghanistan. And oh, by the way, the Ukrainian people are using horses right now currently in the war against Russia. Plus, this battle takes place in the final days of the seven-year tribulation after the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments that are described in Revelation. By the final days of the tribulation, all the modern warfare may be destroyed or inoperable, and horses may be what people have to use. That's all that's left at that point. The Lord says again in verse 4, I will open my eyes on the house of Judah. In other words, God's eyes will be on Judah, on Israel, on Jerusalem, and the Jewish people. And God will supernaturally protect his people here as he describes, you know, striking the horses with blindness and the riders with fear or panic. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength. And the Lord of hosts, their God, the the Jewish people will fight for the sake of Jerusalem. Even today, uh, if you go to Israel, you'll hear Jewish people say, never again, never again will we let Jerusalem fall. Many Israeli soldiers, when they enlist in the military, uh, they will make their oath at a place called Masada, which was the last stand for the Jewish people against the Romans. And then never again, never again will we let Israel fall. Never again will we let Jerusalem fall. He says in verse six, in that day, I will make the governors of Judah, the leaders, like a fire pan in the woodpile and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left. But Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place Jerusalem. And that day, God will supernaturally empower the leaders of Judah for battle. The governors will be like a, a fire pan placed in a woodpile, like a torch set on dried sheaves of wheat. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples. Jerusalem shall be inhabited by the Jewish people. Jerusalem will remain. It will not fall. It will remain in its place. It will not be leveled like it was by the Babylonians, like it was by the Romans. And the Lord will save the tents of Judah first, so that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall not become greater than that of Judah. Now this could have a couple possible meanings here. It could mean that God will deliver the the defenseless people living kind of out in the country before delivering the well-fortified capital city of Jerusalem, demonstrating that the war was not won by military might or power or strategy, but it was a miracle of God. Another possibility could be that the people of Judah will flee to Basra in modern-day Jordan and will take refuge there in modern-day Jordan most likely, or it's believed most likely, in the city of Petra. Where does that come from? Well, Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, if you're taking notes, verses 15 to 22, there Jesus is talking about the seven-year tribulation period, 
And he says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand. Then let those who are in Judea, Judah, flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. And I pray that your flight may not be in winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. There, he says, when you see the abomination of desolation in the midpoint of the tribulation period, those living in Judea should flee to the mountains. And many believe they're going to flee to the mountains of Jordan to the city of Basra, or the area of Basra, possibly in the ancient city of Petra. If you're taking notes, Isaiah 63, when it describes Jesus Christ coming back, he comes first to Edom. He comes first to the area of Jordan before he comes to Jerusalem. Isaiah 63, verse 1, who is this who comes from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This one who is glorious and his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. And it goes on to describe there Jesus Christ coming back. So when Jesus comes back, he's going to go to Edom first because the Jews will be hiding there in Basra. He's going to rescue them. Then he goes up to Jerusalem. So this could be referring to that here in verse 7. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first, possibly meaning he's going to go to Edom first and Basra to rescue the Jews that are taking refuge there, then come up to Jerusalem. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The Lord will defend them. The one who is feeble among them in that day shall be like David, and the house of David shall be like God, like the angel of the Lord before them. The Lord will supernaturally defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be like David. The giant killer. And the house of David will be like God, like the angel of the Lord. Remember, the angel of the Lord wiped out 185,000 Assyrian troops in one night in Isaiah 37. And so God will defend them. God will uh, supernaturally empower them and give them victory. And it shall be in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. God will destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And then look what it says. So you've got this tribulation period that we talked about. You've got this battle of Armageddon where all of the nations of the world come against Israel and Jerusalem and the Jewish people. And God intervenes supernaturally, giving them victories and then God will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And then verse 10, and I will pour at that point, I will pour on the house of David, on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the spirit of grace and supplication. And then look what it says in your Bible. They will look on me whom they pierced. Yes, that's right. (laughs) They will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. 
And so God will pour out strength and might upon the Jewish people, but he will also pour out his spirit of grace and supplication on the Jewish people. He asked me how I Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in a personal way too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. You'll also notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. Or feel free to connect with us through our website. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.